Hello and welcome to our At Any Rate Emerging Markets Focus podcast, the place for us to discuss recent developments and key issues of focus in the emerging market fixed income asset class. I'm Johnny Goulden from the Emerging Market Strategy team here at JP Morgan, and I'm joined by Saad Siddiqui, another senior emerging market strategist from the group. Saad, thanks for joining. Hi, good to be here. So we've been seeing a relief rally in emerging markets over the last few weeks, which for us, we've looked at and positioned for really as a tactical bounce only, uh, given some of our technical indicators had flagged oversold conditions a few weeks ago. More cyclically, still EM risk is to be positioned for defensively, we think, uh, although our, ju- our, our views on EM duration and rates were upgraded a month or so ago uh, in line with the growth downgrades uh, that we've been seeing. This week, however, markets have been focused also on China for geopolitical tension reasons, which is somewhat against the grain for this year, because despite very large downgrades in China's growth by our economists, actually China has been somewhat of a lesser concern for markets this year. What do you make of that, Saad? So it's clearly the case that with all of this focus on the Fed hiking cycle, tightening of global financial conditions, the energy squeeze in Europe, the war in Ukraine. Uh, I mean, investors can be forgiven for overlooking what's been a pretty significant fall in China's growth this year. Now, in any normal year, I think that a fall in uh, full-year China growth forecast from about 5% to 3.2%, with a third of the year still remaining, would have been a tier one major driver for the markets. Um, you know, it's true that a good part of the, the the slowdown we've had so far has been due to COVID lockdowns, something which, by the way, has not been fully resolved, but there's more at play here. Right? There's also been pressures on the real estate sector. Um, the policy stimulus probably hasn't been as emphatic as one might have thought. Um, and all the while, you know, there is an expectation of a bounce back in China growth. Uh, in the second half of this year, the path ahead does seem quite uncertain. Our chief China economist, Hai Zhu, does highlight the uneven path and all the downside risks, especially for the fourth quarter. And the latest Politburo meeting, um, de facto abandoned the previous 5.5% growth target uh, and didn't really show a desire to embark on kind of a major additional uh, stimulus. So I think it's important for investors to be thinking about China risks and how to um, uh, embed them uh, in a strategy and framework for the remainder of the year. Because although right now we're all talking about the Fed in Europe, this is not something to ignore. Okay, got it. So fundamentals feels like a good place to start that discussion of the impact of China on the rest of EM fixed income. We obviously have a lot of countries who export a lot to China uh, in terms of commodities. How do we think they will be impacted? That's right. So I think the commodity exporters are the ones that uh, have uh, exposure to China, not just directly via the fact that If you take a a basket of EM uh, commodity exporters, it's about a quarter or around a quarter of their exports go directly to China. But because they're commodity exporters, a fall in in global growth also hits them via the terms of trade channels. So commodities prices 
fall, that also impacts them. It's not just the volumes uh, that they that they sell directly to China. So growth is, you know, clearly the the major contributing uh, factor and the channel through which um, these EMs are going to be impacted. Uh, and outside of the commodity exporters, you have Asian countries, places like Korea, like Indonesia, uh, which also have uh, trade exposure to China. So it is significant. So how does that impact in terms of fundamentals then flow through to FX markets and any other considerations there as well? Right. So before we talk straight about FX, I think it's important to note that the impact that we see from China is going to have a differentiated um, impact on on FX versus rates and credit. So this is why uh, there is some nuance involved in here. So as far as FX is concerned, it, a slowdown in China via the commodity price and demand channel is going to be an important one. Um, that's going to impact the, the markets that I mentioned due to balance of payments pressures, lower growth. Um, that means you know currencies like uh, the Chilean peso, uh, uh, Peruvian sol, Korean won, they could have uh, an exposure there. But there's also a financial markets channel here as well. You know, our forecast for dollar CNY sees it grinding higher over the next um, year or so. Uh, and what we found is that CNY is as important a driver of EM currencies on aggregate uh, than even commodities prices, and certainly more than the euro for the majority of, of EMFX. And that's something that would probably be counterintuitive to, to many uh, people in the market. They tend to think of euro dollar as being the major driver of EM currencies. But actually, CNY matters just as, uh, as much, if not more. So both of those channels, balance of payments and growth, plus the fact that the currency is likely to be weakening from here is going to drive EM currencies weaker. Got it. So it seems that EMFX should pay a lot more attention to China's growth path and, and CNY moves. But what about China's rate markets? Do they have a similar influence on EM markets more broadly? So the rates impact is much more ambiguous and it's got less of a direct consequence. So if we think about the first channel, which I mentioned, growth and balance of payments, well, um, the impact that will have on rates uh, in any given emerging market will be a function of the extent of the FX pressure we're going to see, the starting point for inflation, the credibility of the central bank, and so on. You find in many EMs, especially commodity exporters, higher yielders, the ones in LATAM, if you have pressure on the currency, bond yields and rates will also go up. It could even pressure uh, central banks into hiking rates more. But where inflation is better behaved, uh, where you um, don't have those same types of correlations between rates and FX, you could see rates coming lower. So some of the Asian countries I mentioned, you know, Korea, for instance, there, if you were that the growth channel would dominate for bonds, whereas in LATAM, um, you know, the FX channel would really dominate for bonds. So the long story short for rates is, is that it depends how it impacts um, those markets and 
uh, you have to really go through it on a case-by-case -case basis, whereas in FX, it's a far more straightforward uh, set of uh, uh, transmission mechanisms. But aside from local markets, Johnny, there's also the credit angle. Um, you know, the property sector clearly has been uh, under a lot of scrutiny and it's been receiving attention. How has that been impacting the broader credit markets? Yeah, so we have seen a very significant uh, fall in valuations in China property bonds. So just to sort of put some numbers around it, average high yield property companies in China, their dollar debt has fallen in the last year from about 100 to in the 20s now, and that's on average. Um, so very significant moves. This started obviously last year, uh, following some of the government's moves to rein in excesses in around mid-year last year. Um, and interestingly, in that initial part, we saw really a move in China property. If you look at EM corporate spreads without China and actually developed market credit spreads, they registered really no real impact from what was already last year uh, starting to be quite a big move in, in China property market. Okay. And what about this year's moves? Uh, should people think about China property risk as just an idiosyncratic risk? Yeah. So actually what happened this year then is you saw a bigger move in China property sector, but this time it was very much um, in line with global risk markets and global credit markets selling off. Obviously, we've had uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine that um, led to some widening in spreads, but really it's been the ongoing financial conditions tightening, um, which we've all been so focused on in the first half of the year that, that's rocked global credit markets. And in that environment, actually, you see the correlation of China property to the rest of the world um, being much higher. Um, I think that, you know, if it really is just China property moving, it's probably more contained as uh, a, a sort of domestic China issue. But I, I don't think we should see this just as, as really an idiosyncratic issue. Clearly, this is being driven also by global conditions. I think if you had to guess ahead of time, where in the world would we likely to, to need to focus if we're thinking about a Fed, which is hiking rates at the fastest pace for decades, we probably would have said we should look at some, you know, highly levered property sectors in emerging markets and you know, within that context, this is not exactly idiosyncratic. There is obviously uh, an impact. This is somewhat emblematic of these wider risks of things that happen as, as financial conditions tighten globally. So, um, uh, again, you know, initially this was pretty much self-contained within China and didn't impact the rest of the world. But I think we should uh, think about that this is also... Um, being affected by what's going on globally and should be telling us that, that those kinds of sectors uh, probably are going to have risks in, in, in this environment of ongoing financial conditions timing. Okay, so if I were to wrap this up, uh, I think that you know, the risk that we're talking about from China, while maybe not as headline grabbing right now for the macro markets and what the Fed is doing or what's happening in Europe, it's certainly one not to lose sight of. 
you know, we do have a rebound in our forecast um, in the coming couple of quarters, but you could have a lot of wobbles along the way. And if you do have some of those downside risks materializing, uh, you know, it could become much more systemic for EM fixed income markets. It's much more of an issue for EMFX, less so for rates, at least directly. Uh, and the main channel through which it impacts credit markets is, is via growth. So certainly something not to lose track of. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of this JP Morgan at any rate Emerging Markets Focus podcast. Thank you to Saad again for joining today. And thank you all for listening. And we hope to have you back again with us for the next one. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan Research reports related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. 2022, JP Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on the 4th of August, 2022.